Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, would you guys stand with me real quick? Let's read some scripture. What, what an awesome job, amen. Give her a hand. Give Sean a hand. Great job. Always encouraging to know we get to see the Lord again. Thank you, Sebastian. If you guys would open up your Bibles and turn to Psalms 37, 23, and 24. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible. Or you can use your app on your phone, version app. While we're talking about apps real quick and everybody's turning, we have a great app here at the church, okay? We didn't invent it, but it is called a podcast. So you get on your phone, you just go to the app store, download podcast app, and then you can type in the search bar, type in Ray of Hope, and we have all of our sermons from a year back downloaded. It's really a great thing, okay? So if you have any questions, my name's Matt. I'd love to help you do that. I already did that with an older gentleman this week. It doesn't matter whether you're old or young. If you don't know how, you don't know how, right? So we want to help you do that. All right, Psalms 37 and 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Let's pray. Father, you are awesome. We need you in this place. Amen. May be seated. Shake a hand with the neighbor there as you sit down. So it's good none of us got blown away coming through the door, right? That's good. Some of us don't have to worry about being blown away as much as others, you know, because we got a little more padding, you know, and much more after Thanksgiving. So that's good. I hope all you guys had a great holiday. Today what I want to share with you is it all started with... What we're going to talk about first is we're going to talk a little bit about Timothy. We're going to talk a little bit about Nicodemus. But first we're going to talk about a very practical thing. If y'all don't mind, I'm going to do my sermon in reverse today. I usually do the what at the end, and now we're going to do the what at the beginning. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Steps here refers to journey, passage, directions, and close proximity. So what Christ is saying here is he wants to walk with us. A good man, a good man here is not somebody who just does good, but has a connotation of a blessed man, a righteous man, a man under the direction of God. So this implies salvation. Or ordered. Our steps are ordered. That means God strengthens our steps. He, he establishes our steps. The thing I love about steps, steps, steps means that God's with me. That means he doesn't give me the whole plan from start to finish. I've got to have this thing called faith, right? Super challenging sometimes. pastor's been pe- preaching a great sermon over perspectives and mountain. And sometimes I want the perspective without the mountain being moved. Anybody else? Oh, baby. But it doesn't always happen that way, right? Sometimes he has us go through the mountain or over the mountain, as pastor preached about. Here, he also delights, okay? The Lord, though he delights in his way. The Lord delights. Now, delights here is so great because you make God happy. You also have the favor of God. So when you make God happy, you have the favor of God. Isn't that awesome? Okay? Fall or stumble here. So though he may fall or stumble, what does that mean? It means we sin, we disappoint, we have failures in our life, right? Check this out. Here it says, though he, he'd not be utterly cast down. Oh, man, as I was reading this, I got so excited about my salvation. Because I understand that I've got Jesus Christ in my heart, and I'm going to fail, and I'm not going to do things right. But he didn't leave me or forsake me, right? If I'll keep holding on and keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and keep my spirit connected with his. And that's really what we're talking about this morning. This morning, upon salvation, it's a very spiritual experience. Matter of fact, Nicodemus, one of his first questions is, how can a man be born again? Is he to go back inside his mom? And Jesus is like, no, <laughs> you can't do that, right? He goes, you've got to be born of water and of spirit. We'll get to that here in a second, but it's a very spiritual experience. 
Here, cast down, left alone, left behind, thrown down in a prostate manner. Think about that. Hell's below us and that's where we feel like if we're not saved, right? Not where we feel like that's where you will go if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. But according to this scripture, if I, if I rely on the steps of God and I let him teach me and he orders my steps and I keep trying to keep working, then I can have faith in Jesus Christ, right? I don't have to go around walking in fear. Am I saved today? I don't know how many times when I was 13, 14 years old that I would get in a car and I'd pray in case I had a wreck and died because I had done something stupid the day before. Aren't you glad God doesn't hold stupid stuff against you? Yeah, all of us will be in that boat. Not a boat I want to be in, okay? Upholds, this means to cover, okay? Here, when he upholds us, what that means is it's by his grace, okay? He upholds us. It points back to him. The reason why I recover, the reason why I don't have to stay down and I get back up, the reason why I can get back on the horse, so to speak, is because he's the one that allows me to recover. Oh, man, it's his right hand. It's his strength. Why? Because my steps are ordered. God knows I'm not perfect. That's the reason why we need Jesus. But I've got to have a sense of spirit about me. I've got to know that I'm in tune to what God's trying to say. And the only way to do that is so they be born again and that my spirit constantly stays in connection with Christ. And as I was studying, I was thinking, okay, and we're going to go back to some simple things here. Now, now I know when we talk about spiritual things, we get kind of nervous. Okay, get kind of antsy, get kind of start shifting in our seats. You know, what's going to happen next? We're going to talk about Dracula, we're going to talk about vampire zombies. Or are we going to talk about super spiritual things? Woo, you right? But we're not going to talk about superstition things, or, or this is not just a bunch of superstitious uh, stories to make us feel comfortable, right? Oh, but it's the Word of God. It pierces our hearts and it changes our lives. It will redirect our family. It connects people to heaven that were destined for hell. People who had no life, they read the Word and they get stirred up and all of a sudden their life matters. That's what we get to study. That's worth an amen, right? Can I get a yeah, baby? Good. Don't get nervous. That King James Version of yeah, baby is amen. So it's okay. okay? Don't be nervous. Okay. All right. But we're going to start out very simple here, Okay. Very simple. We're going to start with the practical first. How does my spirit stay in contact with Christ's spirit? In Luke 16 and 10 it says, One who is faithful in very little is faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is dishonest in much. The principle that we want to extract from that is, I'm going to give you a lot, be responsible in a lot. If, if, if you can't manage $2, don't expect God to give you a million. If we have trouble tithing 20 cents, ain't no way we're going to die with $100,000. Come on now, right? Oh, if I can get to that spot. No, that's not true, okay? You're going to get to that spot and we stand forgetting where we came from, right? Now, listen to me. Listen to me. I don't want to forget where I came from. Now, I don't want that to be my trap, that to be where I stay. Uh, But I want to remember what God's delivered me from, what I could have been had Jesus not spoken to my life. Had my spirit not collided with his in salvation. When I was in eighth grade and I walked down the aisle and I said, this is the last time I walked down the aisle. And then I was able to walk away and know that Christ's spirit collided with mine. So let's turn to Mr. Miyagi real quick. Oh, how can you not love Mr. Miyagi, right? Remember the what? Right? Oh, come on. Every kid did that. I remember the first time I watched that movie, I thought I could beat up my dad. I was wrong, okay? Bad, bad idea. I got up there. I was like, oh, I can take you off seeing one karate movie in my entire life. It turns out I was wrong, okay? Now listen, Mr. Miyagi puts on a very good point here. Wax on, wax off. For our spirit to be connected to Christ's spirit, to be the spirit and the nature of the Lord, we've got to do the simple things. We read our Bible, and then we pray. 
We read our Bible, and then we pray. And then we read our Bible, and then we pray. Even when it doesn't make sense, I still read my Bible and I pray. I go to church, and I give my time and effort. I go to church, and I give my time and effort. Right? I read the Word over my house, and then I believe it. I read the Word over my house, and then I believe it. Okay? I praise, and I worship. I wax on in praise. I wax off in worship. Right? we got to do these small things. That's how our spirit stays connected to Christ. There's, it's very simple. He, he, he he laid it out, and we're going to talk about Timothy, and we're going to talk about Nicodemus. But what Mr. Miyagi lays out, because this is what's going to happen. God's going to put you in a situation where what he's been telling you to study, he's going to let you use. God led me to first, or 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God did not give you a spirit, of, a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I was like, God, I already know this scripture. You know, because I think I know everything, and like more than God, right? Nobody else does that, just me? Okay, so you know how it goes, right? Why, why are you having me do this? I already know, man. I already know. I already know. Then my daughter comes down with this little fear spirit that she's battling. And all of a sudden she looks at my wife and, and she's scared to go to some practice and, and it's not like her. And, and all of a sudden she looks at my wife and she says, Mommy, I don't want fear to win. And Mary's relaying this story to me and we pray over her. And we speak the word over her, and we, we, all that little stuff that seemed like insignificant stuff now matters. And, and we're riding in the minivan, because cool dads drive minivan, okay? <laughs> we're riding in a minivan. I love it. I love my minivan. Mary, Callie thinks it's a spaceship, okay? We're driving in the minivan, and we're up here, and, I, and she's about to get out for, for her practice, for her deal. And she looks at me in the mirror as we're on the way up here. She goes, Dad? She goes, and you know it's serious when they say daddy, right? Or they want something. One of those two, okay? Amen. Let's be real. Yeah. She looks at me, she says, Daddy, I, I don't want fear to win. And I said, hey, guess what I've been studying, man? I've been studying about this guy named Timothy, and Paul told him that he didn't have to be scared. So we're walking down the car, and I say, give me, give me, say, I, I've got power. And she says, i got power. And tell me, i got love. And she says, I've got love. And tell me, i got a sound mind. And she says, I've got a sound mind. Right. Now all of a sudden, that stuff that I thought was insignificant... All of a sudden, now I get to apply it. My daughter's seven, but she's not insignificant, man. This is, that's, our, that's our world, right? She gets out of the car and goes into practice. And I'll be honest with you, the first ten minutes was pretty rough. But then I got a report later that she settled in and she conquered it. And, and my question was, this pastor's preaching a really good couple sermon series. Get it on the podcast. If you, if you don't know how to do a podcast, we can get you a CD for like $5. But as he was preaching, preaching perspectives of mountains, he used a really good illustration. He said, Mount Everest, you start at 17,900 feet. And then you walk up 3,000 feet, and you have to get acclimated and assimilated and climatized to the weather. Yeah. And then you rest, and you wait there a little while. And then you go back up 3,000 feet. And then you do it again, and you go back up 3,000 feet, and you do it again. Right. And my question was, God, what do I do in those low moments when I feel like nothing's happening? Oh, come on, we all have them, right? Where we think we beat the mountain. And then we realize we're only at 17,000 feet. So we go, we go three more thousand feet. And all of a sudden, we think we won and, and now we're here again. It's like my dad used to say, sometimes you feel like your back tire is caught in a watermelon run. It doesn't matter how fast, how hard you step on the gas, the wheel just spins. So what do we do? My, my spirit has to collide. It has to be engaged with Jesus Christ's spirit, with the Holy Spirit. How do I do that? I pray and I read the Bible. 
do the little things. There's this thing called the after actions report in the military and after they invade or after they try to conquer, after they do a battle, they fill out these after action reports. And Russia invaded Chechnya and they did really good at first. They, they chased the Chechnyans to the mountains and they tried to take over. And then two years later, the Chechnyans came back and destroyed them and wiped them out. And they fill out these things called after-action reports, and they're classified reports. And I was listening to this Navy SEAL commander talk about them. And he said in one of the, one of the reports, if you read it, it said it, it, the defeat, the second time whenever they came in and they wiped out Russia, he, he said it all started when they quit shaving. Now, shaving is just a simple principle. As you can tell, i got a beard, so whether you shave or not, I'm not into that. But it was that simple, simple protocol in the military, do this first. And they didn't do it. And, and the SEAL commander was talking about, well, they don't shave, and then they quit cleaning their weapon. Now they don't have a way to defend themselves. And since they, since they quit shaving, they really don't have a weapon, and, and is the enemy really going to come back so their awareness drops? And then they come back, and it costs them their lives. And I wonder, as Christians, if some of us would fill out after-action reports whenever we have a moral sin. Whenever we have some kind of failure, whenever disaster strikes, whenever crisis strikes. I, I love you guys, and I know for, for most of us, sometimes it's just, it just happens, it's life, and now God's guiding us through it. But I wonder if we filled out after action reports, I wonder how many of us would be like, you, you know when it all started? Yeah. It, it all started when I went from a 30-minute devotional life to a 10. Because, you know, I got busy, and God, and God blessed me with a marriage, and now I have kids, and, and you know, my job's going really great. But now, I'm down to 10 minutes a day or 5 minutes a day. I'm on my way to work. I'm, I'm dropping off kids at school. And, and we choose instead of listening to Christian music, which is going to get us ready for a day, we listen to secular music. So now we're worshiping to little Bow Wow. Is, does anybody still listen? I don't even know if they still listen. I don't even know if that's a guy or not. Okay. So we listen to all these people, right? And I'm not saying that music's bad. Some of it is. Okay, I'm going to say some of it's bad. Let's get real weird. <laughs> but we start with those little things, and if we fill out those after-action reports, I wonder how many of us would be like it all started with. Because, see, that's what happens. It pulls us away from God, and it pulls our time away. And we stop reading, and we stop praising, and we stop worshiping. We stop going to church for some reason and stop giving, right? And our time and our money. And then we look at it, and we say, well... You know, I don't really know the Bible as well as I should. So Now, our weapon, because the Bible says what? Our, our, our weapons are not carnal, right? They're spiritual. So now the one weapon that Christ has given me to use, my connection with Him, which is made through the Word, I'm, I'm not really reading it or studying it like I'm supposed to. Now, my weapon is dull. And, and since my weapon's dull, what, what, used to, what God used to prick my heart at, and He could get my attention... Now he's standing at the door beating on it and there's so much noise in my life I can't hear him. And now all of a sudden my awareness is gone and the enemy sneaks up behind me. Because the enemy's savvy, guys. I'm not going to praise him or anything like that. I praise Jesus. But what he'll do is he'll get something in front of you and you'll think that's the problem and really he's sneaking up behind you and you're digging a knife out of your back. And see, so you're wounded, you're hurt. There's been a failure. It's cost you a relationship. It's cost you a marriage. It's, it's cost you money, finances. And if we filled out those after-action reports, it all started with. And we have to be careful. And this morning, I don't, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. 
But I think, it, I think it's owed that this, it's just like Mr. Miyagi says, don't make it hard, man. Get excited about it. And what you'll find is you'll start setting 10 minutes aside and then 15 and you'll sit down at the Word and you'll be there three hours because you're trying to find verses and link them to one another and it's a great time. You'll get caught up in worshiping in your prayer life and you'll start out for praying with people you know and your kids. And then all of a sudden you'll say, man, I need to pray for this and then you'll pray for that. And before you know it, man, 30, 45 minutes later, dude, you're walking out of your prayer room and you're refreshed. Your spirit has collided with Christ's spirit again. And now he can prick you. Now he can tell you. Wax on, wax off. See, Paul had this kind of... And, and Timothy is a good example of the person who, who would have been an established Christian. Timothy was from Lystra. Lystra was a, Paul's first missionary journey. He, he goes there and, Paul, and Timothy gets saved... He goes back on another missionary journey there, and he says, Timothy, dude, I want you to come with me this time. He says, okay. So he goes with him, and Paul entrusts him with major stuff. Hey, I want you to go before me in Macedonia and make sure the churches are ready. He was with Paul and Silas and Thessalonica and Philippi. Oh, this is so beautiful. Whenever, whenever uh, uh, Paul was crafting the letter to the Romans, it's believed that Timothy was beside him to watch him do that. Paul would say, Timothy, Timothy, you're my true son. Matter of fact, whenever he wrote 2 Timothy, we believe that that's his last letter that he wrote before his execution. And in that letter he says, Timothy, come quickly. I long to see you. He's always saying, Timothy, I pray for you. So he believes in him. Timothy's established. Can you, you can just hear the father voice in this, the, the, the lover of Jesus to his son in the faith saying, Timothy! 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And see, this is, this is a way that it can be translated. God, ha Timothy, God has delivered you from a spirit of fear. And he's now given you power, love, and a sound mind. But, but, but you can't operate in the spirit because, see, that's what you came from. Now, now listen to me, young guys. Listen to me. Whenever older men come up to you, and young women, whenever older women come up to you and they try to impart stuff into your life, be careful how you respond. Because a lot of times they've been there, done that, and they've made the mistake. And they know it doesn't work. I mean, you stick your finger in the light socket if you want to, but I'm pretty sure it's going to hurt. And if we're not careful, Timothy could have easily said, ah, psh, forget you, Paul. I'm a pastor now. I'm running a church. I'm good to go. And Paul says... In the second chapter of 2 Timothy, he even says, hey, keep spreading the word. Run, run like there's, like, like there's a crown, although you know you're not going to get it until you get to heaven. And you just hear that father-son relationship of Timothy. He's warning him. Timothy, life's hard. See, power, power means I can now walk and talk in the authority of Jesus Christ. That means I can now talk against that fear. I can proclaim things as though they are, even if I don't see them. Love. Oh, Timothy, that grace that was showed upon the cross for you, that, that grace that you didn't think you have so much love, now you get to love yourself and love others. See, whenever Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, the real reason why many times we don't love our neighbor like we're supposed to is because we don't love ourselves. And Paul here is pleading with Timothy because remember now he's about to go to the chopping block. I'm fixing to be gone, Timothy, and it's going to be all you, baby. You better have your spirit connected to God's spirit. 
And how do I know that? Because God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. That means, Timothy, when you get in those deep times of emotion, now let's get real here. We're in life, right? It's emotion. I can promise you driving the minivan and looking back in the rearview mirror and tears running down my daughter's eyes saying, Daddy, I, I, don't, want, I don't want fear to win. I promise you it's an emotional moment. And then, and then I get to give her words, see, because I, I get to talk in, with a sound mind. That means I get to operate in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I get to look at her and say, hey, guess what? Jesus said you didn't have to have fear. You have to claim power, love, and a sound mind. Because emotion is a part of it, but we don't have to let every emotion guide our decisions. And here's, here's Timothy. He's got so much burden on him. Here's a great missionary that's gone throughout the world, wrote two-thirds, and they didn't know it was two-thirds of the New Testament at that time, but he, he's, he's written him so many letters of encouragement, and I love you, and I, I can't wait to see you. I pray for you daily. But I'm about to be gone. And here he is, he's being honest with Timothy. He says, Timothy, I've been around along. You've been with Paul, you've been with me and Silas. You've gone into prisons. You've seen me write letters. You've got churches uh, ready for me. It even says in there that, 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 that Paul sent Timothy to confront false teachers. That takes a lot of guts. But yet he says, Timothy, now be careful. You, you, you tend to have a spirit of timidity on you. And God didn't, God didn't say be, be timid. Now remember, timid doesn't mean not being kind. Well, I'm just going to say it how I want to because I'm not timid. No, you're a jerk, okay? <laughs> right? And that doesn't do any good, all right? Amen? Yeah, baby? Yeah, baby, okay. But here's Paul. Here's Paul with Timothy. And he says that. He said, it. Hey, I can imagine Timothy thinking it all started with... It all started with Paul coming to Lystra and not walking in fear. Now think about Paul for a second, right? He was dragging people out of their homes, sending them to jail, held the coat of, of Stephen the martyr. We all know this. Can you think for a second? Can you imagine three years after he gets saved, he goes and does his first missionary journey. Can you imagine what the enemy's doing to him? You're worthless, Paul. You think these people are going to listen to you? You're trash, man. You're dragging these people out. They're going to be scared. You ain't going to listen to anything you say. Matter of fact, Ananias had to hear from a dream. I would too. <laughs> no. <laughs> I ain't going near Paul, dude. That dude's crazy. And he's got the authority to do what he wants to do. But he chose not to walk in that fear. He chose to walk in that power and that love and that sound mind. And he'd go into towns and he'd captivate people. And he captivated Timothy I wonder during that three years whenever Paul had that road to Damascus experience, I wonder how many times he read his Bible and he prayed. Now he would only have the, the Old Testament to understand that, but I wonder how many times he would meditate. I wonder how many times instead of dragging people out of their homes, he would go do for them. He would go serve. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to pray. And his spirit stayed alive. In Christ Jesus. He was convinced at what he saw on the road to Damascus. Now let's all get real. We saw some crazy things in our lives. And about a month after we see them, sometimes we even question whether it happened. He didn't question. He knew it. He was convinced. Why? Because I'm convinced that his spirit was hooked in to the Holy Spirit. To the Spirit of God. Let's talk about Nicodemus. Now Nicodemus was really cool. He was a searcher, right? And we're going to see the love of Jesus Christ here. 
If you want to open up your Bibles to John 3, 5, and 6. Here Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except one be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And what he's saying here, you need to be baptized, but you need to be saved. Your spirit regeneration is giving your heart to Christ and saying that you believe in me and allowing salvation to flood your life. Now here Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. And many people think, well, you know, he didn't want to give up his stature because he sat on the board of the Sanhedrin or the council. He would have been ruler of all the Jews. Matter of fact, Jesus refers to him as the teacher of Israel. So he was legit in all that he did. But, but I don't know if he did not come to Jesus during the day because he respected Jesus so much and he saw how busy he was. I mean, would we really want to interrupt somebody like, I know you're trying to heal that woman. <sighs> Got a question for you though. All right? Sorry, Jesus. Okay? You probably wouldn't want to do that. And then also Nicodemus took his job so serious too that maybe he couldn't get away through the day and at night. But this is what I do know about Nicodemus. He still had to give something up to be there with Jesus. While all those other buddies were at home talking to their wives, eating, drinking, partying, doing whatever they were doing, making up new laws that people couldn't follow, okay? He was talking to Jesus. And you know as well as I do, once one person knows your secret, it's not a secret. So he had to know at some point this was going to cost him. And here you have Jesus so great and so merciful. And he's talking to him. And he, he, he talks to him on his level. He, he says, Nicodemus, he starts talking to him about Moses because he would have known Old Testament. And, and Nicodemus has a problem with his head to his heart. And he's, I don't understand this rebirth thing and you and how does all this come. And Jesus could have said, hey, this is the way it is. Either pack your stuff and head out the door or listen to him. And he didn't. His grace shows through this. He walks Nicodemus through this. Matter of fact, even in John 3, 16, right, one of our favorite verses in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And it's interesting how, how he was talking to Nicodemus and he said, for God so loved the world. Have you ever so loved something? I look at my daughter and my wife and I understand that gut instinct of just saying I so love. It's almost like a stomach groan, a groan that you can't help. I, I just am in love with them. And he's talking to Nicodemus and he says, My dad loves you guys so much that he sent me. And I had to do something with him because remember, the Pharisees were the people that thought, we're going to identify the Messiah and he's going to elevate us as he elevates. And when he didn't do that, when he lived by Second Peter, which says that he came that all men might receive salvation, they didn't understand that. But it also says that what? Love conquers fear. So here's Nicodemus trapped by law, making laws that he can't really follow. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, hey, Nicodemus, you're doing good on the small things. Man, if you have ten mint leaves, you bring one to tithe with. If you have ten cumin seeds, you bring one and tithe with it. You're doing good. He said, but this is what happens. You're straining a gnat and swallowing a camel. He said, you're completely missing the point. You got all that small stuff, but faith, mercy, justice, that's not in your vocabulary. That's what I'm here for. And I wonder if Nicodemus didn't feel, for the first time in his life, some freedom. Because see, we see Nicodemus change. And in John chapter 7, it talks about how, how, how the council was meeting and Nicodemus was there. And they sent out an official to do it. And they, they looked at that official and they said, why didn't you bring Jesus back? And the official looked at him and said, hey, I ain't never heard anybody speak with that much authority. And they didn't say, go get him. They said, all right, you know, you're right. 
As a matter of fact, Nicodemus opens up his mouth and, and talks to the whole council and says, Hey, does our law, does our law judge a man before, before we know what he's up to? And the whole council's like, Psh, you know? Like, what good has ever came out of Galilee? Are you from Galilee? Has there been any prophets that came out of Galilee? Yeah, there has been. They believe Jonah, Hosea, Nahum, perhaps Elijah and Elisha, Amos. Yeah, there's been a lot of prophets that's come out of Galilee. But the problem was is Jesus wasn't willing to elevate them with him because he was the son of God. And they couldn't handle that. Why? Because they haven't had a collision with him. But here is Nicodemus in the middle of this. And then Jesus, is, Jesus dies on the cross and he's buried. And Nicodemus came by night. And he comes bringing a mixture of myrrh, which myrrh was to symbolize the anointed one. And a hundred pounds worth of spices. So he's coming and bringing a gift to Jesus and saying, you're the anointed one. And, and here's the best of what I have. And it goes, even gets better. It even gets better. There's this guy named Joseph. He sits on the council too. He goes up to Pilate and he says, can I go get the body of Jesus? I don't want any of my friends to know. And Pilate says, yeah. Who does that sound like? To me, it sounds like Nicodemus. It sounds like the same thing that's happening in Nicodemus is getting to happen in Joseph now. And he goes and gets the body and he says he brings fine linen to wrap his body in. And because of this one conversation, Jesus speaks to Nicodemus and, and Jesus is colliding with the Spirit of God over and over. How many times do we read that he went behind a rock and hid and prayed? He went away from town. He told his disciples to go do something and he went and prayed. Because the Spirit was alive. Because he prayed and he went over Scripture. He prayed and he went over scripture. And from that, Nicodemus, man, <laughs> Nicodemus got saved and, and he recognized that he was, he was the Christ. And now we see the same thing happening in Joseph. And I wonder in my life, I hope, I hope in all of our lives that that spirit with us is so in tune to what God has to say that I can look back or look to my side and say, well, he was influenced by me because Jesus shone through me than that person was and that person was. See, that's how we turn the town upside down. It's people having real encounters with Jesus Christ. And here we see that on the page. Such a strong desire for there is no fear in love. Would you guys stand with me, please? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.